0: I only know one way, that's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team, I played in one town. Gwynn waiting to pitch. There's a drive, right center field, pace, hit there with it! Ho oh, ho, doctor! You can hang a star on that, baby! A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn, number 3,000.
1: Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today, the guys are going to spend the entire show bitching about Anthony Rizzo. Maybe they'll
0: give some minor updates, too. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBou. And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Podcast. I am your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside my best friend and colleague, Eric LeBou. Welcome back, Eric. It's been a really fun week, I think. Yeah, a lot going on. Yeah, so uh, how was your uh, Sunday? Well, it was great. It was Father's Day. You know,
1: we have, uh, for those of you who don't know, Danny and I play on the same uh, adult league team together. So
0: we had a game, and uh, how'd that game go for us? It went pretty good for me. I went one for two, got hit by a pitch in the back of the head, <laughs> stole a base. Yeah. Uh, didn't make any diving catches this week, though. No, no diving catches. Well, we did, I'll, spoiler alert...
1: We got crushed. <laughs> we lost. Yeah, run ruled. By the way, we're just trying to get the top draft pick, is all. Yeah, so it was it was really cool. So our game this week was at my high school, where we played at Monta Vista High School, the pride of Spring Valley. So it was <laughs> you know it's kind of special for me. Feel like
0: borderline El Cajon. No, it's pretty close because it's like Rancho San Diego. Yeah, but you know I don't know. I feel like. I don't know. Anyways,
1: keep going. Thanks, Google Maps. So, anyways, it was, it was kind of it was it was a special day for me. So my dad passed in 2010. So every year on Father's Day, it's kind of you know kind of bittersweet. So we're there, high school, my same high school field. I was up there and I said, hey, screw it, I'm taking the mound
0: today. I have a bum shoulder. <laughs> I'm like uh, his one shoulders made of uh, you know the uh, marshmallow uh, puff stuff that you can cook with that's pretty much what's in his shoulder these days yeah I'm like one 100th of the picture that I used to be <laughs> so I'm sitting there I'm like you
1: know hey I used to stand on the same mountain and my dad used to watch me from that same um, that same those benches on the side You probably have the to stands. back up
0: to get the whole picture these and
1: days. I'm sitting there I'm thinking to myself man you know what this is going to be great it's going to be just like the old days well it was like the old days. I took the L. <laughs> I went three innings. Took the L. As always. Um, so yeah, that was that was pretty much it. Kind of the highlight from that game, if if I do say so myself. Three innings. I struck out one guy.
0: <laughs> that's a great ratio. And I hit four guys. Oh, that's wonderful. What yeah. those four guys do to you, Eric? Jesus. Well, they didn't do. They looked
1: at me wrong. Yeah. So, well, I'll tell you what. I would have hit that some bitch, Anthony Rizzo. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, you know what? I, I mentioned on uh, Twitter, which, by the way, you can follow us five point five Dan and at uh, miserable SD fan. That uh, well, you had actually outed me <laughs> on Twitter, and that I don't so much believe in hitting guys for the most part, particularly just to clarify, when they pimp home runs and they do things like that and people are playing fun police, where are you going to hit the guy? In this particular situation you got to do something. Now for those that don't know, if you haven't seen it yet it's been a big, big blow up. We're calling it slide gate, yeah. hashtag slide gate but uh, Anthony Rizzo Uh, Great play by uh, Max Caesar, but uh, Bryant flies out to center. Rizzo's tagging up on third, Caesar's charging, makes a wonderful throw to the plate. Hedges is in front of the plate, so he's like right, there's a gap of where the plate is, the front of the plate, dirt, Hedges, and then the cut of the grass on the infield, where the infield would start. You know, he filled a bunt, right? So he's right there. He catches the ball, and as he's turning to reach, you can see in every angle possible that they have, Rizzo crosses over the line and barrels into Hedges, double knees first it's not like he dropped his shoulder or he slid or you know was sliding already he changes directions to his left makes a sharp left and double knees, Hedges—it's like a, it was like a finishing move in a wrestling match. Yeah, I halfway expected Chris Bryant to slide over in a referee shirt while Rizzo pinned Hedges. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that slide on Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> back yeah. in the day. Yeah, bad, Real, real. It was like a combo breaker, man. I mean, he just barreled right into him. And the biggest issue, on top—I mean, we're going to get into the slide and you know home plate collisions and whatnot. But my biggest issue with the Padres is not so much that. You know, Green making the excuse, you know, of not hitting him. Because he mentioned on Twitter, and uh, well, it was mentioned on Twitter that he went on record and saying all you're doing by hitting the guy is putting him on first base and giving them a chance to win. How'd that work out for him? Well, it didn't work out well. And number one, number two, you intentionally walked a guy at least once in this series, if not twice in the last two games. So, what's the difference? And number three, if that's your logic, if that's what you're going to think, okay, fine. But keep that... Keep that behind closed doors. Don't go out into the public and basically say, hey, we're going to roll over for these guys. I didn't like the slide. It was egregious. That's a dr- he, that's what he called it. It was egregious. Uh, I didn't like the slide. He took out our catcher. who's now day to day. We're just going to roll over. We're not going to do anything. If, if you're not going to do anything or you're not going to plunk the guy, just tell the media we've talked about it and we're going to handle it internally. And that's it. Don't come out and basically say, we're a doormat, they can run all over us. It, it doesn't help that MLB's not going to do anything to Rizzo, even though they clearly stated he violated the rule, obviously. And well, he... that's
1: when you need to take in your own hands and hit him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, See, this... And I can agree with that. I can jump on board at that point. I don't care about fines or suspensions. You're in it to lose anyways. They, they, if you they lose Will Myers, great. You know, Now you have your best player off the team. But I agree with you.
1: This whole thing could have been avoided if his next at bat you hit him in the ribs and if you don't hit him next at bat i love how everyone's like oh well you can't hit him as next at bat because it's late in the game it's a close game who cares who
0: cares you're not playing for anything who cares what, you, what does
1: it matter okay so you hit him there or you hit him his first time up the next game if you don't hit him after that it's done you can't do it after that because then you're chicken shit yeah and that's what our, our buddy craig elson put out on twitter and he's exactly right all of this would have been avoided. Here's what would have happened. Rizzo doesn't seem like the type that's going to charge. So you can't... I've heard people say, oh, well, if you throw at him, then, you know, maybe he charges. Maybe And, then what, gets and hurt. then what
0: happens? And then Torrens gets in front of him the umpires get in front of him. I mean, how often have we... Number one, the Cubs have a really bad track record of swinging at Padre pitchers, as, uh, yeah. Yeah, as we Lee. see with Derek Lee, yeah. who swung and missed at Chris Young, who's just this standing target. But... How often, when you actually see a scrum like that, do guys actually get punched in the face? That's why the the whole, you know, Jose Bautista getting knocked out by Odor and then Bryce Harper taking a stiff punch to the face uh, from Strickland. That was Strickland, stiff. right? Yeah. Yeah, stiff, stiff, hard punch. Yeah. Right to, the, right to the chops. That's why those things are like, oh, my God. Because in baseball, you know, it's not like hockey where these guys are just brawling and people are just letting them, you know, go toe-to-toe. You know, usually, by the time they get to them, you know, the catch is already interfering. You don't usually have a Buster Posey saying, well, to hell with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, and here's here's my point that I was trying to make. It's it's Why does it seem like as Padre fans, it's never that easy. So, any, I feel like any other team. So, if that thing oh, happens to any far, other team. More than likely. He either the next at bat or his first at bat the next day. He takes one in the ribs. He takes one in the back. He puts his head down. He goes to first. And that's it. It's all over we're probably not even Talking about this yeah if they would have Just done that it's to me it's not The slide yes the slide pisses me off But how it was handled Afterwards is what really makes me mad Like I'm on board for the tank Yes I'm on board for the tank and it's funny Because I can be perfectly fine With saying hey we're gonna have an awful year This year but when something like this happens It pisses me off and I feel like a majority Of the fan base on Twitter is the same Way and like that's that's kind of the thing That I thought was was kind of cool about it was once this happened, you see all the fire and the passion. It's shown that as bad as this team is, people still care.
0: Yeah, exactly. They still care. They still care about the perception of the Padres because win, lose, or draw, we're all Padres fans. And let's be honest, it's embarrassing being a Padre fan. They it have, is. what have they been around since 69? So they have you know, years and years and years, almost 50 years of just absolute, you know, futility and failure. You know, we the, the greatest player we've ever had, and I love Tony Gwynn. You know, him and Dave Winfield are the two greatest players we ever had. We drafted those guys like 30 to 40 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's been forever and a day. The Potters have just been awful. When there's an opportunity for the Potters to actually step up and do something that would, you know, kind of put a stamp on the team. Yeah, they fail miserably. And I actually put this on Twitter I'm trying to think whose tweet I was responding to, uh, but somebody had asked about, you know, are the Padres going to respond? And I, I, you know, and I said it on Twitter, I accept that getting hit is a part of the game. If, if you do something to take out the other team's player, whether it's a dirty slide at the plate, you know, Chase Utley blowing up Ruben Tejada's legs. Yeah, I expected him fully, 100% to get beamed. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Machado, even though I don't think Machado's slide was dirty to Pedroya, yeah, I expect him to get beaned. I mean, you just expect these kind of things, even if you don't like it. I don't care for it, but I expect it. It's a part of the game. It's something that I look to see when something like this happens. I feel like the Padres, previously in Bud Black's era, would have easily rolled over. Yeah. And I mean, we, you mentioned this on, I think it was on Twitter, you mentioned it, that. You know, with the Pagan stick, when Pagan was doing whatever he's doing here to piss people off, they didn't do anything to him. No, nope. they just don't nope. let him doormat. And I blame that on Bud Black. I also blamed it on Bud Black when they went after Matt Kemp, and nobody retaliated. They hit Kemp. I think they hit him twice. They hit Upton. This was in Atlanta. What two years ago now? I believe so. Yeah. This is this was a series before Black. This was a series before Black got fired. Yeah. Because he got fired after the Atlanta series. Yeah. Actually, no. He got fired there. I think they were in Atlanta that week, and then they played the Dodgers that weekend. And uh, Jock Peterson ran down that Justin Upton fly ball. Yep. And Bud Black was fired at the end of that series.
1: Yeah. You know, it's with... And oh here's another thing. A lot of people on Twitter are calling for Green to be fired.
0: Nah, let's not get <laughs> let's not get
1: carried away. I would never no, I would not I, I mean it's a bad look for green. It does I don't care what people say about oh oh man you know macho this macho that uh, it, Green looks soft He looks soft because he went out of his way And I love that Shasin threw him under the bus <laughs> He went out of his way And he told he told Shasin Hey, I want you to give me your word Pinky swear That you're not going to throw at <laughs> him on purpose swear it's, Trust your heart and hope to die Yeah, and that's what I was saying You got it, man Well, that's what I'm saying Maybe that's why he served up a fucking steak the next day Yeah, I feel Right like, down the middle I feel like he didn't really serve up a steak He just threw a really two, two-seam I, I feel like It was right over the plate You know why? Because by telling your pitcher Hey, give me your word you won't throw at him That, whether you like it or not Or whether it's You're castrating them You're taking away the inside half From a guy who crowds the plate Yeah And it's You're, you're taking that away from him so, That's
0: a very good point, actually
1: In the back of his mind He's thinking, oh, I can't even come inside at this point because even if I brush him back, which really is brushing Rizzo back, is maybe a half inch off the black inside. Yeah. Because he crowds it so much, and you, he thinks to himself, I can't even brush this guy back, or else my manager's going to look at us. Hey, you told me, you gave me
0: your word, you're going to do this, and then you're you're going against it. Yeah. It's the, and the thing is, is that you're right. It, 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 you shouldn't fire Andy Green. I mean, to be no. honest, I like Andrew Green a lot. I like that he is. Tactically advanced, you know, I saw that Bud Black made a top 10 managers list the other day And I thought that was hilariously bad Because anybody who watched some of the Padres knows he was not that great a manager Particularly after Hoyer left But I I feel like from a a tactical standpoint Playing the young guys, developing guys And just being, you know, open and transparent I love Andy Green You know, he, he doesn't come off like that old school, you know, bluster manager My issue with Green in this subject is that He does come off soft and more so he comes off like he's indifferent about the play to the point to where he's not willing to protect his players. If you're not going to plunge Well, the no, gun,
1: not really cuz he came out and said he came out and he was pissed about the
0: side. Well, of course. And he made no mistake about it, but he didn't do anything about it. And that's the part that I think that defines the whole thing cuz yeah, he was pissed. I mean, like I said, egregious. Number one, how many of these managers are going to use the word egregious? Yeah. They none. probably can't spell it. I love that word. But, you know, he came out, and, yeah, he's upset, but the fact that he went on record to say we're not going to do anything about it that's the part that that I think I, I kind of look at Green a little bit differently. Yeah, you're great, you're an intelligent guy, high IQ, high, high baseball IQ, forward-thinking manager, the kind of guy I've been begging the Potters to have. But the fact that, you know, there is still grit a part of this game. There is still things that go beyond analytics and advanced metrics where, you know, you still have to win over a clubhouse. Now, Austin Hedges is going to say it's fine. He's not going to throw his manager on the bus. He's a young player. Shasin is a veteran. He's not going to throw his manager under the bus in a way that's going to make the manager look bad. He's just answering the question as to why he didn't plunk Rizzo. Um, And, you know, simultaneously throwing Green under the bus in a subtle way. My issue with Green is that if you're not going to plunk him, if you're going to do that, number one, you tell the players, do not let this out to the media. And number two, you don't tell the media yourself... That, you know, giving a logical response. Yeah, great. It's a logical, intellectual response to say, if we plunk him, it puts him on first. It gives him a chance to win. Okay, great. You're right. That's very true. Don't sell the media that. Say, look, we've talked about it. You know, we've talked about how we're going to handle the situation, but that's going to be a team-only conversation, and that's all I'll say about that, and move on. If you really don't want to plunk him, number one, don't issue intentional walks, and number two, Do something if you don't want to hit him Hank Bauer made a good point on Twitter And I'm sure that's a very rare statement that Hank (laughs) Bauer makes any good points But Hank Bauer made a good point on Twitter You don't want to plunk the guy fine Brush him off the plate, brush him back Throw one behind him, throw one at his feet Make him dance Do something to let him know Look, we're not going to come after you now But we're not going to take this This was a chicken shit slide And we're not going to take you blowing up our catcher Because the reality is Hedges is the future Yeah, it's a bone bruise Hopefully, knowing the Padres' have medical records, his leg's probably broken. I heard it's been amputated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is credit, that fake news? Credit to uh, Padres Jagoff that uh, he ran that through some kind of uh, <laughs> some kind of injury machine device that he has that translates it to yeah. the Padres. But I mean, you know, the reality is, Hedges looks like he's going to be okay. But you know, what if they break Hedges' leg in that instance? What if he's ne- What if he gets uh, is Ray Fossey right? Yeah. What if he gets uh, Ray Fossey? Breaks his leg on a collision that really shouldn't have happened in the first place, and now he's done and he's never the same guy again. Well, can he can't even catch. He's not the same guy again. He's a backup catcher.
1: Well, I think I think part of it that really gets to me too and and if you don't like okay, so initial reaction, if you're like okay, hey, you know what? We're not going to do anything about this. But then you you hear Rizzo's remarks after the slide and Joe Madden's response. Oh, Madden the pissed the me off. Yeah, after I hear that, I'm saying, all right. You want in Rizzo's words, it's game on. Like you're getting, yeah. you're getting smoked tomorrow. You
0: know, in Rizzo's defense, I think he comes from a place of ignorance because I don't think Rizzo's a bad guy. I don't think he went after Hedges strictly to go after him. If you listen to his quote, and this is not verbatim, you know, but he says, you know, from my understanding of it, talking to umpires, it's if the catcher has the ball, it's game on. So I think he truly believed that he's got the ball, I can hit him. And I think, number one, it is his fault because, you know, you play the sport. You should know the rules in which, you know, you're for your occupation. But I do think that's where he's coming from. So I can kind of excuse Rizzo because it's the heat of the moment. He thinks it's good to go, so he just does what he does. So I do think hes it's a chicken shit play. He should know the rules, but whatever. You know, it's the heat of the moment. It's, you know, two athletes colliding with each other because they want to win. Okay, fine. I, I can let that go. I, they still should have done something to him, but I can let that part go. The part that pisses me off is that Joe Madden, and I liked Joe Madden up until this point, Joe Madden presents himself as this kind of hip. Do you know he's good friends with Rich Herrera? I'm stunned. (laughs) I'm actually really stunned because Madden does come off as pretty forward thinking and smart, and Herrera's a dope. But we'll let Padres Jagoff listen to him so we don't have to. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Yes, thank you. They're doing doing God's work. Um, But Madden, who's supposed to be this forward thinker, this smart guy, for him to say what he says, which I think, I'm trying to remember the exact quote, oh, if the catcher blocks, yeah, he loved it. If the catcher blocks the plate, you run him over or you hit it, you, lit it, you light him up or something. Except he didn't block the plate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, and that's my issue is that, you know, okay, I get it. If you block the plate, yeah, blow his ass up. That I mean, that's just the way that it is. If the ball pulls the catcher towards the line, where's the guy going to go? In this instance, what makes me lose respect for Madden is that he cannot objectively say, You know what, I don't think Anthony did this on purpose. I don't think he slid into him with the intent to hurt him. I think he was just trying to score. And I think he was under the impression that he had the ball so he was able to do it. I understand why it looks like a bad play. I understand that the interpretation of the rule may be wrong. And that based on the rule, what he did was wrong. You know, just say that. But for me personally, yeah, I like that he was trying to be aggressive to score to win. Because those are two different things. But to say you like that the guy went in there and blew up this catcher, and not even acknowledge that, you know, he did not in any way, shape, or form follow the rule. That's the part that I lose the respect for him on.
1: Maybe Andy Green is just is so smart and he's so forward-thinking that he's thinking to himself. And I put this one on Twitter also. He's thinking to himself, okay. You post to him I can't keep up with you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's taking over Facebook. I'm like Darren Smith. Yeah. I'm all, I was all over Facebook. Now I'm on Twitter more oh, often. I don't even see his because you clog my feed. So so he... Um, I I lost my train of thought. Okay, so Green. I put this on Twitter. Green is so forward-thinking. So he's thinking to himself, okay, Rizzo gets smoked. Bench is clear. The team comes together and bonds. They win five straight. We end up with the fifth overall pick next year. (laughs) 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 He's really playing... He's really yes, playing man. for the name on the front of the jersey, I, that Andy Green.
0: Uh, Maybe you know, that's the way he's looking at it. I, I know you're being sarcastic, but, I mean, it could be. I, I wouldn't put it past him. I just, my whole thing with this situation is that whether you plunk him or not, you have to do something. You have to, to, you have to hit him. Yeah, I mean, if that's how you feel, great. That's how you, I'm not going to disagree with you because if that's the route, you have to go. But I think you have to do something because I agree with Hank Bauer as well. You have to do something. Something and coming out and rolling over, you know, on record to the media, and you know, ha- having your pitcher come out and say, "Oh, you know, he promised, he made me promise not to hit him," and take and Shaucin to his credit through a hell of a game yesterday uh, against a pretty good lineup, not having the inside half of the plate, yeah. <laughs> so he did very well, all things considered. You know, to me, you're just castrating your team, you're chopping their balls off, and you're not allowing your team to kind of rally. If I'm Andy Green. And I'm thinking, you know what? This is a good test for these young kids. Yes. So I would have gone into that club. I said, I'm not a major league manager. I've never played at a level higher than in high school, and I sat the bench in high school. <laughs> so I'm no expert or anything like that. Screw But from a standpoint of where Andrew Green's looking at it, I would go in there and say, look, guys, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're all grown men. Yes. So you can all discuss among yourselves about how you're going to do it. And whatever you decide to do, I will back you. I'm going to go tell the media right now. We're having a closed-door meeting on it. We will handle it internally. But I'm going to leave it up to the players to discuss it among themselves because they are grown men. Let your players decide because at the end of the day, it's your players that you're running out there. It's the players that are going to stand up for themselves. You can't do that. You know, you're know, you not going to go over there and go beat up Anthony Rizzo. You know, it's I've, your players that have to go out there and protect themselves. I feel like Clayton Richard would have thrown at him.
1: I'm trying to think of guys
0: on this. Staff. Oh, I think Shasin would have. Th- I'm. Yeah, I, I think Shasin would have too. thrown he's, at him.
1: He's a vet. He knows what needs to be done at that point.
0: Yeah, I think Shasin would have thrown at him. Oh. Uh, I really wish Jared Weaver was starting, because I know damn well he would have thrown at him. Yeah. Which would have been hilarious.
1: It would have been that thing like an MLB slugfest, when they used to throw it at him, and he would catch it. (laughs) The batter would catch it and then toss it back to the pitcher. That would have been if Weaver would have thrown at him. But, you know, it's... With the with the younger players, what kind of message is that sending to, is sending to them? If yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's you're saying, hey, you know what? We're okay if people run over us. We're not going to do anything about it. It is what it is. What, what I wanted to ask uh, you about also is, there's a lot of people on Twitter there who are talking about. Well, you know, this, you guys are just being macho. You guys are being macho. It's so stupid to hit people. You know, go out and go out and, and win 10 to 0. You know, show them out on the field, show them how it should be done. What do you think about that? What do you think about that approach? You know
0: what? I'm not the kind of guy. By the way, they lost 4 to 0. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I try to be really objective. I can understand trying to take the high road. My issue with pegging guys is when you're pegging guys for dumb reasons like pimping a home run, like the Strickland-Harper situation. Absolutely stupid. The fun police, things like that. When it comes to protecting your players, I have a little bit different stance on it. I don't believe in headhunting guys. I don't believe in going after guys. But if it comes to protecting your players and you have to take a stand so that you're not a doormat, because the reality is now that this has happened, Teams are going to be, I I can see teams saying, you know, we'll just barrel in and blow up Austin Hedges anytime he's in front of the plate with the ball. Yeah. Because, you know, we're not going to get suspended. MLB's not going to do anything. Yeah. Uh, At least, you know, based on what they're saying, or what what happened with Rizzo, because that sets a precedent now. Because how can MLB not suspend Rizzo when they said, he clearly violated the rule, he deviated from his path, how could they not suspend somebody, how could they suspend the next guy for it? And to all those people who are coming out with that mentality, and you have
1: to each your own, I mean, whoever, however you want to feel about it, no one's wrong in this situation, I don't think. Cause, I mean, you, oh, that's funny you're telling me I was
0: wrong the other day. <laughs> well, I always think you're wrong.
1: But however you want to feel about it, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I guess I guess my point is with this, is you can feel that way. Like, hey, you know, that's a Neanderthal way of thinking about it. You know, throwing at the guy. No way. Like, one, you're just putting him on base and it's stupid. And you're really showing them throwing a baseball at him. You can have that opinion. But when you have Tony Gwynn Jr., who's played the game and who's basically... The name is royalty in San Diego. You have him. You have Randy Jones. And then you have Harold Reynolds on MLB Network. All of them, former players, who are coming out and saying, hey... If you're really that mad about it, you need to smoke Rizzo. I'm going to take their word over yours, if you don't mind.
0: No, no, and I, and I and and you know what? I can understand that because these are guys who have played on the field, and I do believe to an extent that in some way, shape, or form, Hedges has to feel, I think, I mean, I don't know how, you know, he's obviously a mature young man, but at some point you have to feel like, hey, guys, I just got, you know, I just got, you know, MMA'd. I mean, this guy just threw a flying knee into my leg and my chest, and you guys aren't doing anything about it, you know. Avenge me, protect me Step up for me and step up for this team So yeah, I get the whole macho BS And you know, guys are just Because I do think this is a reason for some trolls To just come out on Twitter and complain about something Yeah But at the same time yeah, If that's your stance, you're right Nobody's really wrong But you have to understand and accept that In certain aspects of the game, whether you like it or not Situations are to be expected This was one of those things Where I don't really agree with throwing it, guys, but I 100% expected it, 100% expected it. I even put it on there, I'd mentioned it earlier that I felt like in the Bud Black era, this would never happen. They'd never bean anybody or anything like that. Bud Black was the kind of guy that'd go out and argue and probably tell him, oh, your wife's ankles look nice, and then he gets thrown out, has no fire, no sack. And Andrew Green is the opposite. Tons of fire, right? I mean, if you see him get thrown out, I mean, he's livid. Yeah. So I thought he'd be the kind of guy that just would say, you know what, fellas? You're grown men. Handle it yourself. And that would be it. And that, I guess I was wrong. That would have been ideal. Obviously, that
1: would have been the best way to handle it as a, as a young manager. But he's still learning, too. Um, now, I think my favorite... He managed in the minors. I mean, it's not like he's a, he's a rookie Major League manager, but he's managed before. I just feel like... Shasin, by the way, Shasin put in more than twice the amount of Major League time that Andy
0: Green did. So, don't go telling him what to do on, up there in that situation. Well, I mean, he's the boss. I mean, at the end of the day, he's the boss. And, you know, everybody works in environments where... At some point, you amass more experience doing what you're doing than your boss did in that previous position uh, when they were there. Well, here's my
1: favorite take on the whole thing. Someone, someone threw this out, and I wish I, I remembered who put it out so I can give him credit for it, but he said, he said, if the Padres really wanted to punish Anthony Rizzo, they would trade for him. <laughs> That's the best. I saw that, yes. That'd be
0: be amazing. If
1: nothing else, and I think we'll wrap it up here on that, because, I mean, everyone's talked about it. It's been nonstop. Talk radio. By the way, uh, Kaplan. Oh, God, I love Today, Scott Kaplan on their Padres Wednesday, they asked, he asked A.J. Preller (laughs) if he could take Jed Hoyer in a fight. (laughs) I mean, I mean, it's, can you get any more awkward of a question than that? It was Preller, great.
0: Preller is a tough SOB because there's that story where he had that real, he needed back surgery. Yeah. And he had a real bad back and he still flew down to the Dominican. I think uh, John Daniels of Texas was the one that told it. Bad back, was told not to fly, wanted to go on the scouting trip, so gutted it out. And then eventually had to be emergency helicoptered out. Yeah. And uh, emergency uh, flight back out. Because his back gave on, him finally and finally he had to have surgery. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I'd take Preller. <laughs> yeah,
1: and we'll we'll wrap up the Rizzo talk with this. We opened the show talking about how Father's Day was last Sunday, after barreling over hedges, and then the next day going yard leadoff. Every year, I'm sure Rizzo expects a Father's Day card from the San Diego Padres. <laughs> Because he single-handedly made the team his bitch. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think that's where where we'll wrap it up on the Rizzo talk. Yeah,
0: Rizzo just coming back to bite us till no end. Eat shit, Rizzo. Dale Thayer would have smoked his ass. <laughs> oh, good old Dale, Dale Thayer, ass. man. Where's Where's Dale Thayer at? Now I do want to stick with uh, kind of a, the the home plate role. We'll get away from the Rizzo edge stuff. This is more home plate role because you mentioned Harold Reynolds. He made a really good point. Uh, this was uh. I, want to, I don't know if it was the same day or the day before, but he made a really good point about the home plate slide. Because, for those that don't know, non-Padre-related news, uh, Gleyber Torres, who was actually the, tub, the Cubs' top shortstop prospect after Russell, uh, they had traded him to the Yankees to get Chapman. Uh, he actually has to have Tommy John surgery. He blew his elbow out, sliding into home plate.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, he slid head first. And he, with the way they try to do it now, because you have to avoid collisions, which I think is good. Um, but the way that they have it set up, you know, now you see a lot of runners kind of trying to slide around in this awkward way. He tries to reach over. And I think the catcher falls on him or he runs into the catcher uh, inadvertently and he blows out his elbow and he needs Tommy John. He's done until probably next spring. He's probably going to get called up at some point, which is sad for him. But this led to... Oh, I feel so bad for the
1: Yankees. I feel so bad, I feel bad for the Yankees for the- losing their prospect. What did Harold Reynolds have to say? I don't give a shit about Torres going out.
0: I don't either, but I do feel bad about the player now. Uh, But it did lead uh, Harold Reynolds into saying that, you know, with the way home plate works, home plate is a base. You know, home is a base, right? Just like any other base, but it's the only base that's a flat surface. Every other base, and he had mentioned, he did a little demo on it. You hit the bag, you can pop up and slide, right? So his idea of eliminating these injuries that are happening where you have these guys sliding in these most awkward positions trying to tap the plate is kind of coming up with a you know goal line type of idea where the plate where with the plate you don't have to touch it because you know it's obviously dangerous. Uh, you just cross the plate. What do you think about that?
1: Breaking the plane?
0: There you go. Thank you. Breaking the plane. That's exactly what he said. You want to know what I
1: think about that?
0: Oh, I think I have an idea. But I thought I'd throw it at you just to see what you thought.
1: Why not just put a separate base on the side like we're playing softball
0: at that point? I don't like that idea. Stupid. I don't like that idea. That is stupid. I, I don't mind it if they eliminate the collision part. Eric Burns also made a good point. When you have, by the way, poor Eric Burns, when you're getting owned factually, by Chris Russo, <laughs> it's time to retire. Yeah, it's time to retire. Not a good look. Not a good look at all, Burnsy. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> not, not a good look. Uh, how many people came out to the ballpark to see him? How <laughs> many came out, Brian? Oh God! If you ever want to watch good banter, just YouTube Brian Kenny and. Uh, and uh, Chris Russo yelling at each other, but he, you know, Burns made a good point, and that his issue with this whole slide stuff is that it still says in the rule book that you can collide with the catcher, assuming he has the ball and he's in front of you, which is where I think this whole thing stemmed from initially. Burns' idea is to get rid of collisions. If they really want to protect the catchers, get rid of. You know, they cannot come in front of the plate unless the throw pulls them in front of the plate. And get rid of collisions altogether. I blame, that? I blame Buster Posey for all this. I do too. Because I feel like if Hedges, if the rule wasn't exi- didn't exist and they blew up Hedges' It ankle, would be
1: nothing. Nobody we'd would be care. Fi- We'd be fine with that. It's the fact that they changed the rule. And now there's so much. Everyone has their own interpretation of the rule. Yeah, it's not clear. If it was back to how it was before the whole Posey thing happened with the Scott Cousins uh, collision. If it was before that this would be a non-issue whatsoever. Yeah, yeah.
0: there would be no, oh, we got to plunk him.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I wouldn't even care if they hit him or not because at that point it's like, oh, hey, there's a bang-bang play at the plate and, hey, Hedges got hurt because, of course, he did because everyone's getting hurt for the Padres.
0: Yeah, but and he's a catcher. You would expect to get run over.
1: The break the plane thing, I feel like there's so much change in baseball right now that it's that's just another thing. I throw it on the back burner. I... I I don't ever want to see that happen, but it, I can see where that would make sense. Yeah. I can see where it makes sense. I don't personally like it because you know me, I like as, as little change as possible to the game. That's true. That's what I would want.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I can although see, by the
1: way, I'm in favor for a robot umpire.
0: I was just going to say, but I, I can see where he's saying about the plate just because for some reason, you know, you have these guys who are trying and we've seen it with the potty deal. You know, you're trying to, you're trying to tap a flat surface that you're sliding on, um, I I can see the logic behind it. Actually, and if anybody ever knows me, I'm not the biggest Harold Reynolds fan, but I thought that was a good point. I do like Eric Burns' idea even better of if MLB is really serious about trying to avoid these types of situations, uh, don't tell the runner in any interpretation of the rule that he can hit the catcher, because the, the the runner's not thinking about rule, whatever it is, you know, I don't know what the hell. Something points, something I can't, yada yada. He's gonna run home. He's got the ball. I'm gonna blow him up, or do I do I slide around? Do I go this way? You're just risking injury in every facet because the catcher isn't expecting to get hit. The runner doesn't know if he can actually run over the catcher or not because the rule is not exactly black and white. And, and to be honest, the umpire is probably not completely sure either. Yeah, and you're probably right. We know Joe West doesn't know it. <laughs> yeah. So, and by the way, he's about to umpire his 5,000th game. What he a travesty! Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, geez, the ump show. But I mean, if you eliminate collisions all you cannot run over the catcher. You know, if you run into the catcher, it's different. But you cannot run him over in the standpoint of you know, barreling into him. I think that would eliminate this whole situation. Or you just eliminate the roll altogether together and say, we're just going to go back to the uh, Pete Rose days. Yeah. Which I'm, I don't want to see, to be honest with you. When
1: it comes down to it, dude, I'm just, at this point, I'm so burnt out about it. I just, like, I'd rather just move on. It only took two days. <laughs> I, I'd rather move on from it at this point. Because as, the fact is... If the Rizzo slide didn't happen, then none of this would be an issue at all whatsoever. And also, if you don't, like I said before, if you don't hit him in his next at bat in that same game or his first at bat the next game, it's done. Like yeah, you, it's dead you in miss, the water now. Yeah, you miss your chance and it's you got to move on. I mean, yeah. you hit him
0: next year, you're gonna get you know whoever hits him gets suspended and he just look like no, I, like I don't a, think so at all. I don't think so whatsoever because no one's gonna think about it. I do I mean they thought they, With the Hunter Strickland uh, You know Hunter Strickland uh, Bryce Harper thing That was magnified though Because that was in the playoffs And we're talking about the Padres That's at true this point But I, I still think that Hitting him next year Is is Nobody It, it doesn't matter You had your shot If you weren't going to do it then Then now you're not going to do it at all So it's time to move on Um and moving on, uh, we have some uh, other news going on around in Padre land that I think is kind of getting under the radar. Uh, breaking news, I think, earlier today, if not a bit sooner. Uh, the San Antonio Missions, the Padres' A affiliate, they've been there a long time. Chase Headley played on that team with Nick Hundley and others. So that's how long they've been around. Uh, they are actually being uh, promoted to AAA. Effect of the 2019 season That'll be their first year uh, That they're no longer affiliated with the Padres uh, You asked me to dig up some stuff so I turned- Oh also oh, God.
1: Before you give, before you go forward with that So if anyone's listening to this that doesn't know I saw a few people on Twitter say Does this mean we're losing all of our prospects in A?" Did
0: you see that? A
1: couple people on Twitter Please
0: tell me it was that dumb Padre fans No <laughs> That's
1: amazing. But it should be submitted there No we're not losing Luis Urias Or anyone else in A. (laughs) At all That's not how it works
0: That's not how it works So the way it works folks is that the teams are owned independently The Padres do not own the missions They don't get any revenue from them The missions are owned And any minor league team is owned independently Independently and they sign a contract to become an affiliate. If they're not an affiliate, my understanding of it is they're still an independent team uh, in some way, shape, or form. But they sign contracts with major league teams to be affiliates. The GMs on those teams, of course, will have the minor league system players. But they'll also have other guys. That's why they purchased a contract of. Right. So, no, we're not losing <laughs> you know, all these players. Boy, that's hilarious. I yeah. wish I wish next time you did you know tag me in that. Is yeah. That- <laughs> can't somebody, but. I love Padre fans.
1: <laughs> They're the greatest. <laughs>
0: Anyways, so you asked me to dig up some dirt on it. And I did the best I could. There's not a lot of info, but uh, the owners of the San Antonio Missions also own the uh, AAA team in Colorado Springs. So there's a new $45 million stadium in uh, Amarillo, Texas. Okay. That's where the Missions are going to move to. So they'll still be the Missions because that franchise has been around for a long time. Um, but they'll be the uh, Amarillo Missions. The Colorado Springs team, whose name escapes me, will now be in San Antonio. Both of those teams will be in AAA, uh, in the PCL, in the same division as, of course, the uh, El Paso Chihuahua's, (laughs) Uh, so, uh, and by the way, nice Chihuahua shirt, Eric. Yep, I rocked it just for the occasion. Oh, that's wonderful. Yep. So they'll be all in the same division. You obviously got the Round Rock uh, team up there as well, so. that's basically what they're doing. I think it's creating a conglomerate to compete in Texas. In terms of what's going to happen with the Padres, um, didn't get a ton of info there. There are two other minor league, uh, A, or, uh, yeah, I think AA uh, leagues were the International League and the Southern League. The last time the Padres had a team outside of that Texas area, which is really convenient for them geographically, was when they had the Mobile Bay Bears. Uh, as uh, their AA affiliate, that will always remind me of Jake Peavy. Forever in a day, forever in a day, Jake. We miss you, sir. Come back. You got to be better than Weaver. Um, but uh, yeah. So no word on the next move for the AA team. Uh, again, they uh, don't move till 2019. So again, it's it's two year. Oh, two so year next contract. year they're still going to be the affiliate then? Yes, correct. So they they do two year contracts. Obviously, the Potters have continued to renew it, uh, but uh, they do two year contracts. So next year will be the end of that contract. After the end of the 2018 minor league season, the Padres can then open negotiation to have a new AA affiliate, whoever that may be. So you're saying that their new AA
1: team is going to be in Amarillo, Texas?
0: No, no. The missions are moving into Triple A? Oh, I see what you're saying. And in moving into Triple A they're playing at a
1: new stadium in Amarillo. Well, here's what I text you. Do you remember back in the day when in the golden era when
0: Jeff Morad owned the team? You yeah, know this is funny, I got a reminder of this too, the other day
1: on Facebook. Yeah, do you do you remember he was trying era. to bring the um triple A team to Escondido? Yeah. Wouldn't yeah, that be awesome if our AA affiliate was in Escondido? Yeah, I
0: think I don't know where the hell they would play. They just don't want them to outdraw Petco. <laughs> it's too close. Yeah, I just don't know where they would play. But yeah, that'd be pretty cool or somewhere, somewhere. Hey, would they nearby. have a five win package too? <laughs> no, that's, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> no. I don't think that's going to happen this time because the biggest issue the last time was that they didn't have a stadium, and they had to get it approved to be built, and I think that's what's sunken in the water. And if Soccer City is any indication... <laughs> I was going to say,
1: you mean stadiums don't get
0: built here? Yeah, if Soccer City... Well, Petco almost didn't get built. That took forever. It cost way more than it needed to because they kept blocking it. But uh, if Soccer City is any indication, uh, we are not getting any new stadium whatsoever. We should be happy we even got Petco Park through. Yeah. So I doubt it. Um but it would be interesting to see what their new double affiliate is it's it's all bluster it doesn't matter but it's it's neat news I didn't know they could do that so that's the that's the funny part that oh they're gonna move they're graduating to AAA advancing how do you advance but I'm assuming it has to do with the money and the ownership yeah pretty soon I gotta take San Antonio Missions off my bookmarks <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna have to find something else yeah uh, maybe they'll do a team in like Baja maybe they can use uh, the Toros yeah the Toros that'd be cool or uh, doubt it yeah what's the uh, is that the team that uh, that minority Padre owner owns that's the Diablos maybe they'll use the Diablos that'd be pretty neat
1: yeah that would be cool yeah, so I doubt it but I
0: be too, but that'd be cool. Uh, in other news, in our Padres uh, emergency 911 segment, they got a lot of guys on the DL right now. Unfortunately, the hottest in on the team, Solarte, has hit the 10-day DL. Right when the trade value was going through the roof oh, I know. for an, Solarte, I, an absolute, an absolute travesty. Uh, strained and oblique, hitting all those doubles and home runs yeah. over the last few days. Uh, he was on an absolute tear after a really rough start. And, man, what a dancer, by the way. Well, I know, right? That went viral, man. <laughs> Solarte can move.
1: Yeah. Darneau putting in his best work of the season, getting a, a shot of uh, Solarte <laughs> dancing. That boosts the trade value. He's sitting there, man. He was raking. And then, yeah, all of a sudden. And I didn't. I don't think I watched any of the Cubs games. Um, obviously, I've followed him after this whole Rizzo thing. But uh, with the work schedule and the earlier games, I didn't watch any of them. But did, did they actually say how he hurt his oblique? they did not so i someone said on twitter that he heard it on deck which is kind of
0: strange but well he was scratched yeah you know what that might be right yeah cuz he was scratched pretty early i think he was in the game and then scratched before he even hit the field. So he may have, I mean, he, he very well may have. Uh, but yeah, it, it kills the trade value here. I mean, I'm gonna pull it up right now, but he was on. I feel like obliques take forever to come back from. You know, Uncle Teddy made a really good point one time where he said back when, you know, way back before, yeah, medicine's advanced so much now, uh, but obliques were never really a thing. You just had like a hip strain or a cramp or something. Now that they actually have an understanding, yeah, you're right, did hip strains take, for uh, oblique strains? Take forever in a day yeah. uh, to heal. So yeah, he's on the ten day. But I could see him missing. And even
1: yeah, and even after he comes back from that, it's still going to be a while until he gets going. Yeah. So I, they might hold on. This might kind of put the nail in the coffin with them keeping
0: him for the rest of this year. Yeah. You which know, I'm not mad at it, but I'm not either. I mean, I'm not. It. You know, I'm not mad. I mean, he had a really good. He had a hot start. I uh, didn't hit for a ton of power in April, but he he hit well enough. Um, but this month he was raking 317, 394, 667 slugging. Good wow. grief. Uh, good for 74% above league average for the month. Just on an absolute tear in the right part of the year. Uh, so that sucks. Hopefully hopefully it's, preca- it's precautionary. I do know what the 10-day DL, the advantage is. Okay, you know, if we need to give a guy a couple of days off, we can use this short term because it's not as serious. It doesn't knock him out for, you know, 15, 20 days. So hopefully it's just precautionary. Um, I do hope that a corresponding move, though, is to bring up a Swahe. I De has done very well. So I think he's going to get the look. Uh, he got the look today at second. But I'd like to see a swahi see what he can actually do. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I, I kind of feel like this point, because he's been walking a lot
1: in El Paso. Uh, he's been walking a lot and getting on base. So, at this point, bring him up, dude. Yeah, I, I feel like he's above the league at this point. And, I mean, really, the move that they would probably make is bring Schimpf back. Mm. But why at this point? At this point, there's no reason for that.
0: I mean, he's raking down there. Don't get me wrong. He's just six-something slugging. But, yeah, I, I, Schimpf is not a long-term option. I, I wanted him to pan out, and who knows? I mean, he comes back up, and he kind of finds a rhythm again. But, to me, a Swahe, I want to be given an opportunity. Honestly, I'd be okay with them moving Spangenberg back down. He hasn't done squat. I don't mind him going back down, and then bringing a Swahe up because I do think a Swahe does have a little bit higher upside, and he's just hitting really well. There's, I mean, there's no reason to not give him a shot. You've seen what Spangenberg can do. I don't think he's this bad, but I'd rather see Asuahe get an opportunity. Plus, I think
1: Oswahi's probably going to be in the mix long term. Agreed. I mean, in Spangenberg, really, Spangenberg's under team control until 2021.
0: Which is amazing, because I feel like he's been around forever, but he really hasn't.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, he could be a part of it, too. So, really, at this point, I mean, bring up Oswahi. What do you have to lose? There's absolutely nothing to lose. I mean, what what do you think is going to come when uh, Margot comes back? Because he's coming back soon. So, you have Franchi, who's been playing well enough... Even though he struck out four times today, <laughs> he's he's played well enough where I think he deserves a spot to continue to see what he has. So you have Margot in center, you have Cordero in left. Do you put with Salarte being hurt, do you put Perella at
0: second? You know, I think I think you do keep Perella up because he's been hitting and there's no reason to send him down when he's been hot. Um what I would do and this this goes right back into Spangenberg, I think honestly Spanjiberg's the odd man out because once Margot comes back, center field is his. I mean it's been uh, fairly obvious uh, Not fairly it's been obvious that you know centerfield is his I do agree with you Cordero has played well enough. And he's a really good defensively man another nice play today in center running into that brick wall um, Where I think he could really play up and left which will really help out his you know value and I think that's where he could settle in long term um, But what that does is now that pushes Cordoba out of getting regular playing time where he's been getting playing time in the outfield you already have a ton of infielders. You've got Darno who can play short, Cordoba who can play short, Ibar who can play short. Uh, Darno can also play second and third. So can Perella. So who does that leave out that's not really doing anything? I mean, Darno's not doing anything great either, but he's just, you know, he's basically, he's house money. Yeah, you know, he doesn't cost anything. They picked him up on waivers and they can move him around. To me, and I think Darno can also play the outfield, as can Perella and Cordoba. So Spangenberg's yards man out. He has the least amount of versatility of those guys, and he's not producing at all. Do you see them possibly tagging him along in a trade? No, because I don't think he has any value at this point. If they trade for him, I think they'll trade for him for a guy like, you know, that gets DFA'd and then you know that has to be traded or released in ten days, which I don't think is good. I I think, I think what'll eventually happen is they will eventually trade. You know, Solarte. Assuming he comes back healthy and he picks up where he left off, I think they trade him anyways. But um, I'm assuming he comes back, does well enough, they trade him. Um, I think they're going to eventually cut Ibar. Darno, Darno, I think is going to stick around. I think they like him, and because he can play multiple positions, so I think at some point in the infield you'll see Spangenberg at third and Aswahe at second. We may have mentioned this on one of our earlier podcasts that once everything kind of breaks out, that you'll have. I I think at some point you'll have a starting infield of uh, Asuahe at second, Cordoba at short, and then Spangenberg at third. In some way, shape, or form, some capacity. So, I do think long term, yeah, he's going to be here a while. That You do play him. I just think right now, he's just not doing well. He's been scuffling since he came up. He's been He's doing his or if not worse, than Schimpf because he's not hitting for any power at all. No home runs. So, I think you send him back down while you figure out your roster and keep Cordero on left. Let Cordero play every day on left. Keep you know, plugging Cordoba in here and there, keep plugging Darno and Perella in here and there, and uh, cut Ibar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I also, I also feel like uh, going back to uh, Franchi. I feel like him emerging as. Uh Uh, Solid Solid uh, Prospect That will also Open up the door To when uh, Margot comes back You can give him a rest Every once in a while Because I kind of feel like He was being ran into the ground Yeah Like he was getting Played like Every single day Yeah Like no plays off Essentially No innings off So I mean at that point You can throw Franchi out in center Kind of give Margot a rest um, And then figure it out And left Cordoba maybe And I feel like There's a lot more versatility now Uh, But Which I like
0: actually Now that I really think about it And they're going to lose any. Anyways, but I like that they have different ways because this is where I can credit Andy Green He's he's shown that he's really good at kind of plugging guys around in different areas to get them consistent playing time on a team That doesn't have a ton of talent. So you just run the guys out there and rest them But I think you're right. That's a great point on having somebody to spell Margot consistently I
1: also feel like at some point dude like you got to mix in some days off for Renfro also
0: He had a day off yesterday. Actually, I believe did he really I think so because yeah, Caesar was in center I, I don't know who the hell is in right field. I, I know Cordero played. I think Cordero played, but uh, I'm pretty sure C well, was. Well, he would be insane. one day off. Yeah.
1: Like he's, I really feel like he's getting ran down. No
0: walks this month, by the way. After a great May. I hope it wasn't a fluke.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. It's walks are walks. I mean, it, it'll come with time. But it's it, it would be really nice if he could get some time off because I do feel like he's been scuffling. And if a guy is scuffling a rookie like that, give him a seat for a yeah. few games. Yeah, a mental day would be nice. Yeah, it yeah, would be I nice. I mean, he shouldn't be shuffled out there every 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 day. But that's just that's my thoughts on it. I mean, we have the um, injuries. We got to Salarte, um, H- Hedges. We mentioned I, it. I see in your notes it says Hedges is hurt. What happened to Hedges? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Miguel Diaz, um, he got he left his start early with uh, was it uh, right forearm
0: strain? Forearms or and or flexor strain? From what I understood, I was actually I didn't know this until I uh, until I got home today. Uh, the replay of the game was on, and I was bored and had nothing else to do, so I watched it, and I had actually picked up right before he had, uh, he threw a pitch. Kind of grimaced, trainers came out, and then uh, later on in the broadcast, uh, Grant and Orsilla had mentioned that uh, he had a forearm uh, strain in uh, the flexor tendon, which for people, you know, if you've, if you've heard those injuries, the first thing you think of is Tommy John because, you know, that's, that's right below the elbow. So, you know, that could be a symptom. Hopefully, he's just day-to-day. Um, I know you were saying you believe you read somewhere he's about eleven innings under from being considered to be here a full season. Right. At least to the point to where they can option him down to the minors should he come back next year. Right. Okay. Yeah. So
1: you know he'll he'll likely I think he's gonna be out for the season. Anytime I see that sort of injury, I'm like, okay, see well, you later. yeah, he's gone. <laughs> yeah. He's gone because I think our uh, our good pal uh, Kevin Charity put on Twitter that that's the exact same thing that came out with Tyson Ross and you saw how long he
0: was out for. Yeah. Well, yeah, that the right. I think he's. He had the thoracic outlet syndrome. But he got rocked today, by the way. Oh, that's I'm three innings, like seven earned runs. Oh my gosh. It was like his uh this, man, it's just like his last start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So But uh yeah, I mean hopefully he's okay. Um you know, again it could be a blessing in disguise though, because it may allow them to just kinda shut him down and uh, you know, work on some things and, and get him healthy. But we'll see. I did like that they had him, and I, I know they're going to flip-flop it, I think, according to, was it uh, Castleville that said that? Yeah. Yeah, that they're going to flip-flop uh, Lamette and Perdomo. Yeah, Perdomo's getting to start Friday night, and Lamette's getting to start Saturday. Yeah. I did like that they had those three young guys kind of stacked up uh, at the back end. So I thought that was cool. But hopefully Diaz is okay because I like the idea of him getting to start. Um and then, uh, you know, getting some experience that way, but... Uh, How do you think LeMet's going to do against the Tigers? The Tigers aren't really that good, man. Yeah, but still, you got Miguel Cabrera, J.D. Martinez, and that's about it. I don't think Victor Martinez has been hitting. I think he'll do okay. I don't know. Justin Upton, is he hot right now? Uh, I don't know. Because you know he's really streaky. I don't know. I, I, I don't know because he's he's been so hit or miss. He's had two wonderful starts. Two really awful starts, and then another great start. So, who knows? I mean, the last time I predicted this, I thought Perdomo wasn't going to do well at all, uh, and he pitched well. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think it's it's that, or I thought I, I predicted the opposite of what was going to ha- what actually happened. So. I don't know. I mean, it's just going to come down to, you know, can he locate his fastball? Because these guys are fastball hitters. Uh, and if he can you know, mix in a slider and a changeup, he'll be fine. I'll just say, I think he goes five innings and gives up four runs. Yeah, I could see that also. You know, we, we spent a little more time
1: than maybe we should have, but you know what? This is our own damn show, so we can spend as much time as we want talking <laughs> about uh, Rizzo and SlideGate there, but there's also some stuff going on uh, down in the minors uh, with the All-Star games that are going on. You have some notes in front of you. Want you Tell us what was going on with that.
0: Oh, we're not going to hit the music this week? No, not this Aww. week. I'm too lazy. Oh, all right, all right. It's a lazy show, producer. So, yeah. yeah, down on the farm. Cue your banjo. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, in terms of the All-Star game, uh, Lowe, Fort Wayne guys got to uh, play in the All-Star game. I think the Midwest League, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, Midwest League. Uh, Jorge Oña, Fernando Tatis Jr., Logan Allen, getting the honors this year. Uh, Oneo was the only one that really got any significant time. He got two at-bats. Uh, struck out a second at-bat, but hit a nice line drive single his first time up. Uh, Tatis only got one at-bat. He actually came in late as a defensive replacement. Uh, I believe in the fifth or sixth. He struck out looking. However, uh, he was in the home run derby uh, prior to that and did get into the second round. So, a nice showing there. By the way, if you guys can find video of the home run, watch these guys in the home run derby. It's amazing. Dude, also, I mean, he's not in our, in I, our system. I know. That's why I was transitioning, because I wanted you to bring this up. <laughs> Vlad
1: Guerrero Jr. Good <laughs> Lord, that guy rakes. And also a, a buddy of ours who we used to play with. His name's Dylan Ruth. I don't know if he listens to these, but he's actually a clubby for the uh, Lansing Lugnuts, where Guerrero Jr. plays. So he works directly with them. That's awesome. So I've, I've I have been meaning to reach out to him. And uh, good old good old Ruthie Bear
0: on Instagram yeah, there. Yeah, good old Dylan Ruth. Car- R- carried us to our second Adult League Championship. Yeah, the glory days. Yeah, what did he strike out like? Thirteen guys and nine innings or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, Uh, he he carried us at that point. Yeah, so that I mean, Guerrero,
0: God, dude, he's the one that knocked. Oh no, it was him or Eloy Jimenez that knocked out? Yeah, so. If you guys watched the Futures game last year, which was, to me, the highlight of the All-Star Weekend, it's a great game. Yeah. Eloy Jimenez was the guy that made that amazing catch that kind of stole Margot's thunder. Yeah. And then uh, then hit a booming home run to left. But he not he had a moment from the natural where he knocked out uh, one of the uh, light bulbs on the light tower <laughs> out of the left field. <laughs> he didn't it. even notice. He just kept hitting. It was amazing. Yeah. But back to the Padres. Uh, Logan Allen did get in the game. He only threw to one batter through a third of an inning. Struck him out. Uh, it's Seven pitches, six for strikes, so that's great. Um, In other down on the farm news, the Padres, they've signed multiple draft picks already. Uh, I think they're pretty much, uh, they're they're said that they're going to sign and they've come to terms with all ten of their first ten picks, um, which are usually the most important. Well, they haven't signed Gore yet. Not yet, but they will. I mean, they they wouldn't draft him that high. I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it. It's a known fact that teams talk to players before they actually draft them to make sure that they can sign them, which is why they do that. So what, he's going to sign. Um, I think right now they're just trying to get the underslot guys to see how much. They, they might go over slot, really. But um, they did sign Luis Capisano, $1.3 million, which is actually underslot for a second-round pick. Right. They took those savings and then some and actually paid up. Uh, <laughs> I've read some really good things on Capisano, by the way. A lot, yeah. It's, he's, he's actually pretty exciting to think about it. Hopefully he'll develop. Uh, the other guy, the other guy they signed was the, the second catch they drafted. Blake good Hunt. Old, Yep, good old Blake Hunt. Yeah. Uh, Blake Hunt signed for one point six million, which was uh almost almost, s- almost double slot. Yeah, I think eight eight point nine or eight eighty eight eight hundred ninety thousand something like that was his slot and he got quite a bit of that. So they took the savings from Campusano who signed for a little bit under slot, not dramatically, and applied that and then some to uh good old Randy Jones's favorite. Blake Hunt, Blake Hunt. So yeah, that's exciting. The other thing, MoraHone finally pitched. Yes, thank
1: God. Finally. Good finally. grief. Because I know he was kind of going through some shoulder issues, so there was hope. I mean, before the season, I hoped that we might even see him at Elsinore this year. Yeah, I doubt it now. But yeah, with the shoulder issues, he'll probably finish out the year in Tri City. There's no really, no real reason to kind of you know push forward with him at this point. Um, maybe he goes to Fort Wayne, which would be nice. But um, really nice to see him up there he gave up his first his first battery face he gave up a home run <laughs>
0: welcome
1: welcome to pro ball kid <laughs> yeah the bienvenido saw Estados unidos welcome um, so he gave up a home run but he settled down three innings uh, struck out a guy um, I mean yeah didn't walk anyone too which is nice kind of shows that the nerves because you know the nerves are running you know that the nerves are running wild and he he did well so um, it's exciting it'll be cool to see to kind of keep keep up with the guys of tri city so you got like the almanzar Down there at shortstop, yeah. Um, You know, it's it's gonna be cool. And Uh,
0: Joe Galindo, which our good friend Kevin Charity. If you still haven't heard it, guys, go back a couple episodes. A great interview with Kevin Charity, uh, a guy uh, of Matt Fryers. Joe Galindo, a guy he had mentioned, kind of like a lower. Uh, a lower uh, profile pick. He's also pitching there as well. Dude, um,
1: we saw him at the... He, that's the one guy we saw at the backlots. You remember him throwing? Yeah. He's a bigger guy. He's probably... I think he was like 6'4 or something like that.
0: I can look it up. He's throwing like 6'2, 6'3. Throwing smoke. Six, yes.
1: He's hitting like 97.
0: Dude. You know what? I think I remember. He was that right-hander in his pitch. He kind of had like this weird funky setup. yeah Delivery. Yeah. He throws throws gas. Put it this way. at the
1: In the backlots there, this guy, um, Joe Galindo, or Galindo, whatever it is, he... He was drawing a crowd of the own Padres prospects. Like these guys were crowded around the
0: the back of the backstop to watch him pitch. Yeah, it was just pretty amazing. So yeah, but yeah, he's down there as well. Uh, Austin Smith, their second round pick from Preller's first year, who actually got taken out of the game for an injury, so he probably blew his arm up. Yeah. Uh, but he's down there as Rest well. Rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so some some exciting talent that's down there. Um, have you heard anything on Espinoza? Is anything any rumblings on what's going on with this guy? Uh.
1: No. Okay. Well,
0: nothing. Well,
1: last we heard, he's going to get his throwing program started up, and maybe he'll throw in, what, two or three weeks? Start throwing base, or start possibly getting ready to pitch? I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing's a headache. And also, um, one of uh, the co-hosts for the East Village Times podcast... uh, Patrick Brewer, he's, he's putting out on Twitter, and I kind of agree with that. There's no real reason to rush Espinosa yeah, at I this point. Yeah. I mean, if if he is out for the entire year, he's still 19, and he's still advanced enough to where he should be in Elsinore. So if it's a lost year, yeah, it's frustrating, but it's, at not, least he's the,
0: healthy. it's not
1: the end of the world. Yeah, I
0: agree. There's no reason to push him. You know, but
1: it is frustrating. It, it is. Like,
0: it's, it's very frustrating. But he's right. There's no reason to push him. There's no reason to, to, to you know, to... To try to rush him along Just let him take his time and, and get healthy Well what makes it more frustrating too Is that the Padres
1: got shit on For the Pomeran side
0: of that deal <laughs> Yeah and now he's And
1: here we are Espinosa Hasn't even thrown a baseball yet Yeah well
0: the Paddock Hey we Paddock is damaged goods Paddock is damaged goods
1: And the one piece I was telling our friend uh, Patrick Morgan uh, Worked that, or, yeah, today, You mean today. Uh, Sir Patrick Morgan The God of War Yeah So today um, I saw on Twitter That the Marlins Are going to be calling up Luis Castillo To make his debut Oh
0: Oh, man. That was the guy we should have gotten for Colin Ray. Yeah. Old blood platelets
1: himself. Yeah, that was the guy that we had to trade back. And that was the guy who really. Louis
0: Castile Part 2. Yeah, I was He
1: could have been like the lottery ticket in that. He in was. That that's right. a,
0: that's the Padres were, were heralded because they got Naylor in that trade, which. Uh, this is. And, and I'm going to bring this up here in a second because there's some threads I was reading on MLB trade rumors. But they got Naylor, first-round pick, right? Great for Cashner, who's been no good for, you know, th- two and a half years running now. Right. Uh, and then they got this lottery ticket. In Castillo, Luis Castillo, part two, where you know, reliever, starter, who knows, but uh, yeah, that was that that's exciting for him, but that sucks for us because Colin Ray is who we have, and uh, yeah, you know, I haven't heard anything about him, he's probably just he's Well, yeah, I know, but you know, he's he's one Did he end
1: up getting Tommy John?
0: Yeah, he he gave up on the blood platelets idea and just got Tommy John instead, yeah, so he's he's uh, he's done and done. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to bring up. Oh yes, that's what the MLB trade thing. So, people were complaining on MLB trade rumors that the Padres, because Brad Hand, apparently the Padres want a, a, a high, you know, package. a Will Smith type. Version. Yeah, they want they want a major league ready pitcher plus a top fifty to top hundred prospect, and people complaining, oh, there's no way the Padres could get it. Look, guys. They got Josh Naylor, who's pretty much a consensus top. He's a first-round pick. I mean, he played in that system for one year. They got him for Andrew Kashner, who had like a, what, a four or five ERA at the time. They got Chris Paddock, who instantly shot up on prospect boards for Fernando Rodney. Yeah. For two months of Fernando Rodney. So, and they also ate a lot of money and got Fernando Tatis Jr. for, you know, what's left of James Shields. Yeah. So, do not doubt Prowler and do not doubt team's desperation. In a situation where you have two wild cards and 85 wins can get you into the playoffs, yeah, teams will pay premiums if they think they can win now. I
1: think there's gonna be a nice return for Brad Hand. When oh, that time I comes.
0: I think so as well, and hopefully Solarte brings a nice one as well. But uh, I think that's gonna wrap it up, Eric. I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still recording late at night, so uh, we'll be
1: putting this out again on Thursday. Uh, it actually is Thursday, so later today. Yeah, true, later today. I'm um, I'm going fishing, so it might be recorded a little bit later in the day or updated, Eric posted. Whatever, it, it's, it's late. So, um, yeah, catch us. Um, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, AmericasFinestDigital.com. You can find us there. You can find me on Twitter at MiserableSDFan. And you can find Danny at... Oh, at 5.5 damn. Yeah, you can find us there. Also, uh, kind of one thing to note and uh, tune in because we may have some news next week. With the minor league all-star games going on, we may see some movement in the minors now with guys being called up uh, to AA, um, Lucchese, Lauer, uh, a Logan point. Allen possibly going to Elsinore. There could be some movement, so uh, check in next week. Hopefully we have some news on that front, but uh, we'll see. And Until next week, uh, we'll check in with you then. Fuck Rizzo. We're out of here.